G'day, I'm Megan Woodward and this is Crop to Top, the Cotton Info podcast. Conversations to help you grow. Okay, today we're joined by Principal Plant Pathologist for the Queensland Department of Agriculture and Fisheries, Murray Sharman. Murray would be a familiar name to a lot of people in Queensland and quite possibly New South Wales as well. He's been working with CUDA for quite a while now and has been spending a lot of time in the cotton regions of Australia. So it's a joy to have him with us today. Welcome to the Cotton Info Crop to Top podcast, Murray. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me. So talk me through, Murray, what's turned up this last season when we're talking farm hygiene and things that we've seen on the ground? My speciality is viruses. So I guess we're looking at cotton bunchtop viruses, the endemic one that we see from season to season. Luckily, it's fairly sporadic, but last season there was certainly a lot more reports and samples coming into our lab for testing right across all the regions, particularly in northern New South Wales but it was also present on the downs at a number of spots. I don't think there are any reports of any significant losses, like really high incidences within crops, but basically every crop seemed to have some virus in it, and that's a bit of a concern for us for, for build-up in the environment. But I guess there's also wetter than usual. A couple of last seasons, there's been a, a general increase in, in leaf spot diseases. Uh, Dr Linda Smith has been looking at the diversity of those across different regions, We've been working together to do some surveillance across the emerging production areas in northern Australia, so far north Queensland, into the Northern Territory and across into WA. Just keeping an eye on the diversity of diseases which are occurring there because their cotton in some areas hasn't been grown there ever and sometimes for for many decades. So we're just keeping a watch on, on what's in the environment just in case any surprises come out and we can be onto them quickly. But we are finding some significant levels of leaf spot in far north Queensland and in the Northern Territory as well, less so in, in Western Australia. I guess the message there is right. to be alert, not alarmed at this stage with those particular yeah. viruses. You said there that we have seen an increase in bunchy top this last season. Talk me through what it is and the impact that it has and why you think we've seen more of it in the 22-23 season. Cotton bunch top viruses are aphid-transmitted virus. There's actually two virus species. We call them not very imaginative, but they're one and two. Cotton bunchtop virus one, we don't think causes any symptoms. So it gets into cotton, commercial cotton, but it doesn't seem to do anything. Whereas virus two does cause symptoms. So we always see that virus, number two, in all of the symptomatic plants that we get. Generally, when we talk about cotton bunchtop virus, we just say that's the virus and we're assuming it's number two. It's an aphid-transmitted virus, transmitted from plant to plant. The most important um, aphid vector by far is the cotton aphid, Aphis cassipii. It may also be transmitted at a very low rate of infection by the cowpea aphid or green peach aphid, but that hasn't really been demonstrated properly. And they really would be an insignificant vector because they might be present early season in seedlings, but by the time the crop gets into warmer conditions, they generally drop back completely and the cotton aphid takes over if it's going to come in. So it's an aphid transmitted virus. The aphid takes about five minutes to half an hour to pick it up from an infected plant. It then has a a latency period, so that could be something like one to three weeks, and it can then transmit. So it can't go from plant to plant immediately, but it gets a little bit more complicated because there's aphids can be non-winged and winged. If they're non-winged, they generally crawl from plant to plant. So if 
people have seen outbreaks in a crop, they may notice that there'll be a patch of affected plants where it is spreading from plant to plant. So the crawlers are basically going across the leaves through the canopy, often down the rows before the canopy closes up. That's really typical distribution in a crop. The other distribution is just really scattered plants, and that's probably more indicative of winged aphids coming in from somewhere else. And that's only more of a concern because that can be an indication that there's a dirty crop or a return plant somewhere else which is infected from a previous season. And that's probably where we're going to be discussing a little bit later in this chat about how do we avoid that situation and get on top of those outside sources as well. So what's the initial impact that is obvious to the naked eye and yeah. then the long-term impact that bunty top has on a crop? Symptoms of cotton bunch top, particularly if the plants are infected early before setting squares on the plants, there is likely to be a noticeable decrease in yield on those plants. If it's later in the season, the squares are already set and the, they're filling bowls and then it gets infected, well, there's probably marginal or, or no effect on yield. You'll see some symptoms on the upper structures of the plant. So the symptoms are, of an early infection are shorter internodes, so the plant becomes stunted and has a bunchy appearance. A little bit of a zigzag on the stem where it normally is much more straight and sometimes a, almost like a proliferation of branching like a bonsai appearance sometimes, it's called you know, cotton bonsai disease, and then reduced bowls and the, certainly reduced bowl size as well. Uh, so really severely infected plants may not have any bowls at all, and that can be quite devastating. We have seen some outbreaks, luckily only every several years in isolated crops, where the virus really takes off for some reason that we, we don't have a complete handle on, why sometimes some crops are just almost 100% infected, or, or a patch of a corner of a block and you'll see a pretty significant decrease in yield in that. It also reduces the fibre quality and the fibre length. So that can have a, an effect on the overall quality from a, an entire block. If you do have that mixed in, it might get downgraded. Sorry. Significant impacts and the economic impact is obviously the greatest one, but that's at the end of the process. What can we do for it to not get to that point, especially this is such a critical time heading into 23-24 season, what can people be doing right now to do their best to make sure that that's not something they end up seeing? The life cycle of the virus is it has to survive either in an aphid, which they don't survive that long. They can survive a bit longer in winter when they slow down. Certainly in summer, they really only live about five to six weeks, sort of thing, or in a live plant. So it has to be in something alive, aphid or a plant. It can't survive in the soil. It can't survive in dead trash. So that's why we really recommend a rigorous break in the crop cycle. So if you're really good about crop hygiene, so crop destruction, especially if you've got a block that you know had high incidence of virus in it, that's a significant risk going into the next season because the virus and the aphid will live in that plant. If it's a return or a volunteer plant sitting in an irrigation channel, that's just a spot for the virus to jump out of as soon as you put your next crop in nearby. So just having a, a complete break and being aware of the situation at the end of this season, was there virus in that block? And then if there was, taking appropriate action to make sure that you break that green bridge, really breaking the cycle. There are some other hosts in the environment for the virus to live in, but they're much more unusual. So we don't think that they play a major role in, in the epidemiology or the disease cycle of the virus. It always seems to be any major outbreaks are associated with cotton. Once you get a monoculture of cotton, the virus can build up. It survives very well on the returns and can just move into the next season. 
Yeah, not what we're after. Um, You've got the data to prove that wetter years, it's obviously more prevalent, and we've seen that in the last season. Potentially, Mario, moving forward, there is a minor but a silver lining to coming into a predicted drier spring and drier summer? Yeah, so it seems to be following what we predicted in terms of you know, we've had three wetter than usual seasons and there are some critical periods in that, like we generally you get summer rains and insects and things build up, but the wetter spring and the wetter winters are probably more critical for carrying those survivors of the plants and the aphids across on a number of hosts. So the aphids can build up on other things and then move back onto infected cotton and then move into a new crop. So if we move back into whatever normal is in the um, Australian environment, the dry springs, that may lead to reducing the vector populations. It probably won't wipe out the host if you've got return volunteer cottons, unless you've got really good frost in New South Wales, which will probably kill it off. Anywhere in, in Queensland or far north Queensland, there'll be survivors that are coming through there. So that's still a risk. I guess our concern is after a couple of seasons where we've seen the virus sort of building up in incidents, not only in each paddock, but just in large geographical areas, especially in North Queensland. So the first time we detected in far North Queensland was last year, and it was at quite a low rate. And then this season in the same area, it's at a much higher rate. So that's a real concern. That it looks like it's just built up because there was a favourable carryover of virus and vector into this season. We then saw it at about 20 to 30% in one block, which was pretty bad. Yeah. And so if that carries through under favourable conditions, well, the only thing that will be missing is the aphid. You've got the virus there and you'll be very lucky if you don't get aphids moving it a bit. So, yeah, really strong on the point of now's an opportunity to get crop hygiene under control, get the crop destruction done. And also looking at outside, like if you know you've had a little virus within a cultivated paddock, have a look around outside the paddock because there's often old volunteers growing nearby and if you've had a lot of virus in the paddock they're definitely going to be in those volunteers as well so yeah think about getting rid of those if you can it's really good advice murray thank you for sharing your insights today you've ended there with some really great tips but if someone only took one thing away from this chat as they head into the new season what do you hope it would be yeah i guess just Good crop hygiene, you know, breaking that green bridge between the cropping cycle of cotton. There's a lot of good reasons to do it, not just for cotton bunch top. People might often sort of go, oh, it's really rare and I don't see it very much. That's fine, but there's other diseases and pests like Solenopsis mealybugs. There's the leaf spot diseases which will survive on trash and living plant material as well. There's a lot of good reasons to have a break and start on a clean slate if you can. Absolutely. Murray Sharman from QDAF, thank you so much for joining us today on the Cotton Info Crop Stop podcast. Thanks, Megan. Thanks for having me.